everyone. My name is Bud. I want to welcome you to the Constipated Christian. Uh, today I've got two returnees, Cody and Grant. Grant uh, you know who Cody is? The what do we call you? I think the Buffaloes running from the Buffalo, or don't be a uh, a cow, be a buffalo, and be a coward, be a buffalo. Don't, yeah, don't be a coward, be a buffalo, and then the, uh, one other one, and then Grant's the street preacher. Mm-hmm. that uh linda and if you haven't listened to linda's i know uh grant's had a lot of a lot of listens but listen to linda's uh the one right before that because that's how they got involved and in, uh how we met grant but uh since then grant and cody have hooked up uh cody has uh, been with grant out on the street uh and you've also brought two or three more people on what are you laughing at <laughs> 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 they brought a couple of more people on and uh, so we uh, have actually grown that uh, outreach or that ministry or whatever you want to call it. But just such a beautiful thing. And I just wanted them to come on and share their um, experiences. And uh, gosh, they've had some crazy experiences. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to let them talk and uh, just tell you how this thing is going, how it's evolving. And they started out the corner of, uh, was it Baseline and Foothill? And now yeah, you're over at the, to yeah, at the Dutch Bros. And now we're over on Sunrise and Kirby by the Bel Air. Yeah, so uh, not every night, but some nights, roughly 7 to 10, 8 to 10. Yep, we get there around uh, 7. We'll usually wrap up around 10. Sometimes it's a little earlier. Sometimes it's a little later, just depending on what's going on. So if you ever want to go out, they have an open invitation. Anybody wants to pray with people Amen. Uh, Amen. <clears throat> to come around. Um, it's, just, it's just a beautiful thing. I've been out there a few times, and I've heard just nothing but great stuff. So with that, I'm just going to open up the mic, and whoever wants to go first, I'm going to back away and um, just let them talk about what they're doing. Well, amen. Uh, you had said that we um, we grew the outreach, and that's true. We have like about, I think consistently, we probably have eight people, including us two. Yeah, right around there. We have a, about a about we have about a fire squad of eight that just mm-hmm. eight or ten people that are just coming out religiously. Uh, either praying over people, holding signs, uh, two other young men that uh, we've been walking with and that have been walking with Jesus are uh, finding their boldness and confidence and getting on the mic and, and just testifying and witnessing for Jesus. Amen. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, so we've had a lot of people. Um, it's been really cool. I think that's probably like one of the coolest things that I've seen is um, – People finding their the fire and the zeal in them to to get up and and testify, to get up and and preach, and uh, want to be a part of that consistently. Understand that like this is something I I want to continue to do, and I wanna I want to preach the gospel with these people. And so that's been such like a cool thing to see. But tell them about the reception that you had with some of the people. <laughs> you want to go first? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, out outside of of just people finding that. Um, I think th- one of the biggest things with that is, is that we don't have, we don't have rules on like who's on the mic. We're just very, mm-hmm. Jesus is in the middle. We're all around the outside and we're all equal distances from Jesus and whoever Jesus wants to use in that moment, uh, Jesus will use in that moment. I think that's been awesome. Um, but just on, on the street, I mean, we're really seeing the Bible come to life. We're seeing people like moths to a flame, just gravitate. Mm-hmm. There's people that are pulling into the parking lot behind us and just sit in their cars and they just want to listen to um, the message that we're preaching in that moment uh, or that the Holy Spirit's preaching in that moment, uh, excuse me. And 
we have people that come up and, and just love on us and ask us for prayer. We've had uh, people literally just give us money out of nowhere because mm-hmm. um, they believe that what we're doing is is what God is doing and they want to support that. And we don't advertise that. Um, I think one of the coolest things that that happened was this about two nights ago. Um, this this young lady, she's a refugee. She pulled up in a missionary's car mm-hmm. and she uh, she came up. She was in the backseat of the car and she had her little baby with her. And there's this uh, old missionary driving the car and she just pointed back to me and she said, she's a mission. Uh, she's a refugee. She's a refugee. And, uh, this refugee looks at me and she hands me, um, like $5 bills. Um, oh, and God whispers in my ear. She said, he said, she just gave you everything she has. And I was, uh, <laughs> it, it made me lose words because, um, the people are that faithful and they see, they see Jesus, they see God in that moment mm-hmm. and they just want to support and they want to give everything that they have. And this lady literally has absolutely nothing, lost her home, lost her family, lost her job, lost her friends, lost her, her country and had to run to a place where she barely even understands the language. And mm-hmm. she sees the name Jesus and she's like, take it, take everything that I have Amen. because you are everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I, I, we've, we've been through so much. I mean, we've been through, you know, seeing homeless men get saved and give up their wine and, and truly repent to, you know, a uh, demonic attack, me getting swung on Grant's life being threatened, mm-hmm. um, you know, being spit in the face, having wine bottles thrown at us, all kinds of different things. But I, honestly, the most beautiful thing is, is really just seeing like the genuine, like for me, that's the most beautiful story. Mm-hmm. When God whispered to me that, that she just gave you everything that she has. That was that that took the cake for me. Yeah, there's there's so much that was reminding me of is um, like even in the midst of the attacks, like when that lady came up and threw the wine bottle mm-hmm. and then stole your hat, your your Jesus <laughs> hat, takes it, goes like a couple blocks down. We don't know this at the time, but tries to like throw it away, uh, misses, and like it's just like next to the trash can that she tried to throw it away. And this homeless guy finds it the next day the next day hears the message that we're preaching comes up to us to receive prayer to to give his life to jesus and he's wearing the hat that cody (laughs) just lost the night before so it's just it's little things it's it's little things how god shows up and i think that's really kind of the one of the big things that i've seen god uh speak through me is we need to be more grateful and we need to keep our eyes open mm. for the little things. We're so focused on God moving in a, a huge way in churches. Mm-hmm. We want to see signs, wonders, you know, power and miracles, but mm-hmm. we're missing the little things and the little, um, uh, the little treasures in the midst of the storms. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, the, the dollar, like the dollar bills getting handed to us, realizing she gave us everything that she had and, the man just coming up out of nowhere with my hat, you know, mm. and um, those are beautiful, man. Those are beautiful. Yeah. Or, or people coming by and like we were talking about earlier that are just screaming out their cars, but end up pulling into the parking lot. We can have a two hour long, you know, back and forth with them and have a discussion and not be afraid because, you know, we're so solid in our faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Rant and rave about how your church hurt or, you know, you think that God hurts you, but you're really just, you know, hurt by the misrepresentation that you've had of Jesus. Let's sit here. Let's talk about that. Let me be Jesus um, in this moment for you. Let me show you what it's like. Those are the, those are the things that are happening that are just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's just awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome to see what the Lord is doing and just to see how he's working and all that. 
And, you know, the street preaching thing we were talking about before, I mean, you know, we've seen the signs on the road, Jesus saves or the blood of Jesus, whatever, and honk if you love Jesus and people just drive by or whatever. But these guys are actually, uh, don't you have a sign that says stop for prayer or something? Or? We have a we have a sign, a sign that says need prayer with a question mark. But the thing is, is that it's very clear of like a pullover because there there's so many people that are standing right there, uh, like driving. And also <laughs> we're like standing, we're stationary on a corner. There's the parking lot behind us. We're constantly encouraging people pull over. When people yell at us, we'll say pull over, have a conversation with us. When people are yelling, we need prayer, we'll say We'll pray for you right now if you want to come and pull over. We want to bless you. And so it's very clear that to people that it's like a we're we're very welcoming um, to, to having conversations with people, even if they're trying to disagree with us, even if they're trying to, like, deconstruct what we're doing or um, we're very welcoming to people who just need prayer, who just need um, people to talk to people to, to love on them and show them Jesus. And I've also heard a comment that, uh, you know, <clears throat> there's no follow up, uh, you know, like, you know, what happens, you know, they drive by or they see it or talk to them or whatever. And I agree, you know, there probably is no follow up. I mean, like, you know, but you say people have come back. So there is mm -hmm. some follow up or whatever. But my, uh, you know, my response back to that is that if we just sat in church and didn't do anything, this constipated Christian thing and didn't go out and actually do something, the seed plant wouldn't even be possible. So we don't mm. know what's going on in people's minds when they're arguing with them or they hear it or they stop for prayer or whatever. But if they weren't mm. on the street, if they didn't hear the call from God, I'm sure you didn't just do this because you said, I think I'm going to go out and do this. No. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously he heard the call. Grant, I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, Cody just to tag along. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Uh, that's not true at all. Amen. 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 Yeah. So anyway, my, my point is that these guys are out there doing something. So when you hear people say, you know, what impact is it, does it really have? I mean, I would, I would argue that you're having a, a, a tremendous impact, even more than people coming to church and just sitting in church and just hearing the message and getting up and leaving. So, um, well, well I mean, even, even with the, the seed planting comment, everybody gets, um, you know, we, we get multiple people that come up to us and say, well, what are you really doing? You need to go home. You need to do this. Well, at least we're doing something. Mm -hmm. Right. At least we're trying. You know what I mean? But even with that is, is it, it speaks in the Bible that we're, we're laborers in the field. So I'm not always going to get to see the the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. I'm not always, you know, you look at what a farmer does and, and how, a, how a land is prepared before it gets to the harvest. First, you buy a land. And then you got to look at it and you got to clean it. You got to clear it out. You got to get rid of the tumbleweeds and the trash and, and all that other stuff. And then you got to till the land. And sometimes that land is so hard and it's so, you know, packed in and it's hard pan. And you got to go over it multiple, multiple, multiple times before it's even ready to be again planting seeds. And that's a long process just in itself. And then you plant the seeds and then there's an, a time of patience and a, and a time of trusting and leaning on God that he'll bring the sun and he'll bring the rain to take care of that. And then you start getting these little, you know, tiny seedlings coming through the ground and you have to baby those things and prune those things until they actually get to uh, something that could produce fruit. And then at the very end, you get something that produces fruit and then, you know, you have to bring in the harvest. But there's so many things involved in being a laborer in the field. And I think one of the biggest problems is, is that we get so caught up on only being the harvesters mm. 
you know, one uh, one plant or one plows, uh, you know, one waters, one prunes, one harvest, just because we might not have follow up with every single person. It doesn't mean that the part of the process that God has allowed us to do is any less important. It just means, hey, we've done our we've done our part. And if those people come back, if those people want to come back, they've seen it. We're consistently out here almost every single night, every single night. Mm -hmm. So they know where we're at and they know where, where to come. And they do. They do. And that's a great analogy. I mean, you couldn't say any more, any more beautiful. There are so many steps from buying the property, tilling the soil, planting the seed, weeding it, you know, cleaning it out or whatever. Uh, at each juncture, that farm worker might be gone. He, he might just do that part of it. Then somebody else might be in charge of planting the field. And then somebody else might be in charge of picking the crop or whatever. But seldom does the person that did the start of all this get to see the tomato on the plate you know so i mean uh, that's a beautiful analogy that you know we don't want to get discouraged about we plant the seed and we don't really hear about it or see it but god's working you know so i mean it's it's going to be a tomato we're just not going to necessarily see the end of it amen yeah uh and to comment on all of that about like um you mentioned a couple of things cody and you're talking about uh about how people will say well like there's no follow-up and like how do you know that like this is really effective um when we were on baseline in foothills i was going up to people in parking lots to minister to them and i would go up there with gospel tracks with some of the ones that i had made to go and hand them to people to go and ask people if i could pray for them and i go to hand one to one of these guys who i've never met before and he goes oh no i already have one he goes, I already have one. And that's because I've reached someone else. I've given somebody else a gospel track who said, you should look at this. Amen. You need this. And so there was, the, there was the spread and there was already the fruit there of like it passed on. And then I went to go pray for someone else and he's asking me, he goes, oh, you're the guy who's out here every single night. You're the guy who's always out here preaching the gospel. You know, I respect that. And yeah, I need prayer for this. And then now on Sunrise and Kirby, um, I was preaching and there's a guy in a truck and he's just looking at me and he's kind of like looking at me like, where do I know you from? And I can see his eyes light up and he just yells at the car. You're the guy from Dutch bros. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets so excited and just yells, super excited to tell me I just got back from church. Come on. He's just super excited to tell me about how he's Come now on. like living for Christ. And wow. it was awesome. And so there's stuff where it's like, I don't necessarily get to be a part of these people's lives for the rest of their lives. But I get to I get to have the hope that God is doing something. And sometimes I even get to catch a glimpse of what he's doing. And you're talking, Cody, about um, some sow, some water. Um, the harvester is not even us. I mean, Jesus gives the analogy that the harvester is is God. Amen. You know, that we are the crop. But also we're the laborers. Come on. The only harvester, we cannot be the harvester because we're not going to be able to one that makes the plant grow. Mm. It's God who does all the work and he's the one who harvests. So actually, I mean, us being able to see any part of that is just the grace of God. We shouldn't even expect to see any part of it. Amen. Amen. I think that's one of the biggest problems why people don't go out is because they're trying to figure out how to get results. Mm. And they get, I mean, we were talking with one of our one of our disciples, one of the young men that tags along with us. And um he got so caught up in this, well, I don't know if God's calling me to do this or 
I don't know if this is the right thing or I, I just, I don't know. It doesn't make logical sense. It doesn't do that. I'm like, bro, just put one foot in front of the other and just get started. Just mm. do something. Because if you're waiting for everything to perfectly align, that, that time's never going to come. You have to put one foot in front of the other and trust that when God says that I will lead you down paths of righteousness for my name's sake, mm. that he'll lead you down paths of righteousness. And if you're doing something wrong, he's going to correct you. If you're going the wrong way, he's mm. going to redirect you. And if you're going the right way, he might not say anything or he might encourage you. But either way, you have to get started. There's a, there's a responsibility mm. on us to just go out and do something. Mm. Um, you know, there's it's, it's been consistent that it's been a word spoken through us where um, by the Holy Ghost, when when we get out on the street, we, we look at these people and we say, if you just hit the lottery, how excited would you be? Mm. If you just hit the lottery, if you just made, you know, like what was that last jackpot, like $2.3 billion or something like that. If you just won that amount of money, how are you, how are you going to feel? What What's going to be inside of you? Are you going to run around? Are you going to start, you know, telling everybody that you're free because you think that finances make you free and that you can do this and you can do that? Well, that's exactly how we feel. Mm. We feel like we're, we feel like we've just hit the lottery. We feel like we hit the, the, the real lottery. Jesus, you know what I mean? And that's all we're doing is we just want to go out and we just want to give the good news. And we're not trying to see signs, wonders, and miracles, because if that's what we were after, we would have never made it out to sunrise and Kirby. Mm. The first night when we, when we made the declaration that, okay, we need to go to a, a corner that's a little bit more busy and a corner that's going to have a little bit more traffic. You know, my dog turned on me and bit my hand. Um, Grant got ran off the road. Cindy and Brad got ran off the road. Our brother was struck down and, and almost passed out at the wheel mm. um, all in the same night within the same amount of time. So if we're after results and circumstances and this, that, and the third, we're never going to get to where we're at, where we are now. Mm. You just have to be in it for the truth and for the right reasons. Well, I was going to comment on your comment that, or, you know, respond to your comment about <clears throat> just do something. You know, when you hear the call, you know, we're only responsible to, hear and just obey. I mean, you know, just uh, respond to the call. We're not resp uh, uh, charged with anything beyond that. So, I mean, it, 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 if we just plant the seed, that's what we're really entrusted to do. But it's so easy, like you just said, that, gosh, I don't know what I can do. I'm not sure what I should do. I, I, I'm not clear on what I should do. So, so what do they do instead? They go home, they binge watch TV, they do mm. something uh, unfruitful. They might do drugs. They might do alcohol, whatever, because it's just uh, they, they just can't figure it out. Mm. So if you just fuddle through anything, try something that's uh, that would be scriptural. God will guide you and, and you know guide your mind and your steps. Um, it might not be as a polished, uh, but you know, look at me. I mean, I'm seventy five years old doing a podcast. You know, so I mean. <laughs> Uh, it, it's not going to, it's not going to be pretty maybe, but it'll be, it'll be beautiful in uh, God's eyes. Mm. Um, so, uh, and then you said something else. Oh, the uh, timing, you know, I, and I've said this before that I, Carol and I helped a little girl when I was going to Cal Poly in the seventies and, uh, took her out and, uh, the palace program or whatever. And, um, uh, you know, big brothers, big sister thing. And, uh, just, uh, thanks. Uh, and just, um, Took her to the zoo, uh, let her stay overnight, and Carol made pancakes for her, you know, and blah, blah. 27 years went by, and we never heard from her. And all of a sudden, I hear this, or I get on the email, it's just the bud that 
that was in Vietnam, their own chocolate soup that uh, went to Cal Poly, blah, 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 because it was in my bio of my uh, business thing or whatever. And I responded, yes, it is. And uh, of course, she said, this is Sherry. I know you, her, her mom is a prostitute. She had some some issues. And she said, I, I, I think you probably, or you probably um, think that I you know, went the way of my mom and really didn't amount to anything. I've married a, um, a youth minister. I've got three kids. Uh, I'm a Christian. <clears throat> and I told my kids every time we make pancakes that out of all the stuff that you guys did for me, Carol making pancakes was the biggest uh, memory of my life or whatever. So when, when I make pancakes for the kids, I tell them these are God, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, God orchestrated pancakes. So, like, so my point is, you know, 27 years is a long time to think about, you know, God, mm. did I make any kind of an impact? Oh, we probably spent two or three years with or two years with her. And I was thinking like, geez, never heard from her. What happened? So. So it's God's wisdom, God's timing, not ours. We're just mm. responsible to hear the call and just go out and just obey and just do it. And if it doesn't work out, it's not on us. It's on God because we responded. We just mm. didn't do the right thing at, at the time. So. Come on. Come on. Amen. Yeah, I think about, um, I think a lot of people got, get caught up of like, are people going to hear me? Am I going to do something that people are going to, are people going to listen to? People are going to hear me. But literally the call of the prophet Ezekiel God said, these people are not going to listen to you. Amen. If I sent you to another place to where people were more humble, to where people actually cared a little bit more, they would hear you, they would listen to you, they would repent. But it's not it's not on you to make them repent. It's not on you to make them listen. It's on you to obey me, to go out and do what I'm calling you to do. And so a lot of people get caught up in like, what are people going to think about me? Um, they want to see like the immediate effect in other words i did something yeah. for you uh, where's my thank you or you know like exactly yeah yeah they want the immediate acknowledgement they want to see the immediate effect they want to sow a seed today and see the harvest tomorrow or see evidence of it you know they want to see something about it and they want to eat from it um and so a lot of people are caught up in like well, if this isn't fruitful or if I can't see it as being beneficial in any single way to me, then I'm not going to do this. But they're not thinking about other people. Um, they're not thinking about in the grand scheme of the kingdom. Two great points. Quick, quick fix society. And in the grand scheme of things, I might be planting the seed and doing something for somebody. I don't see immediate results. But now God is working in their life and it has to go to somebody else's life before it comes back around to what you started. Mm. Well, it just brings me back. God immediately brought me to the scripture because it's so true. People don't want to go do some people. Everybody, everybody wants to do something in order to become an influencer mm. or to gain a following or to be successful in mm. it. And Jesus specifically says in John uh, 15, 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. Mm. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey you, yours also. Mm. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come to you and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among you them, uh, them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin as it is they have seen and yet they've not or yet they have hated both me and my father but this is to fulfill what is written in their law they hated me without reason mm. 
Jesus is constantly setting us up for persecution, mm. for being hated, to be lowered and lowered and lowered to match him because that's what it requires to follow him. And in order to follow him, you got to go where he went, right? But we, in so many times, you know, whether it's in churches or whether it's in other people's takes of Christianity is they either use God's hand to beat someone over the head with law and say, you're not good enough. Mm. You're not loved. And I'm going to beat you over the head with this and show you how unworthy you are. Or they go after God's hand in the way of bless me, bless me, bless me. Mm. And that's not at all the gospel. Jesus says, follow me. And by following him, you're signing up for a sacrificial servanthood, lowest of the lowest life. It just mm. is what it is. He says the greatest in the kingdom is going to be the is going to be the lowest here. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people can't make it in ministries. People can't make it in in serving God because they're doing it for the wrong reasons. They're trying to get people to notice them as a man or a woman of God. They're doing it because they they want to feel important or they want to feel belonging or they want to feel their purpose. But your purpose and your belonging and your identity doesn't come from your ministry. It comes from your relationship with Jesus. Mm. And that's how you and me, we can, and, and the people that God has allowed us to run with, we can, you could make it going out there two months on your own, preaching the word mm. boldly, right? You could have people coming up to you and trying to take the mic mm -hmm. and, and, and threaten you. And then I can come out and I can have people throw a wine bottle at my head. I can have somebody swing at me twice I can have somebody spit in my face. I can have somebody steal my clothes mm. and still not change, still not move mm. because we're not in this. To, we're not in this for a name. We're not in this for a social media following. We're not in it for anything other than we want to show you what Jesus really looks like because we recognize that the world has been giving you Judas calling it Jesus. Mm. And that's not what we're in it for. Amen. And the word in the scripture you use, uh, an influencer, you know, uh, we, we do want to be influencers. We want to be noted. We want to be recognized. We want accolades. And then we have to think about, and you also mentioned the word servant and servanthood. The greatest thing in God's eyes to become is a servant. So think about that. We're not going to get a worldwide uh, renowned uh, person of servitude to be looked up to and esteemed by the world. Mm. It's going to be somebody who thinks that they're an influencer or whatever, but, but the servant is the greatest in God's eyes to become. Amen. Yeah. I mean, like what God is saying is, it, and it's not even like a, cause a, a lot of people have this idea of like, you're only the, the greatest like Christian influencer or like you have a great impact. If a lot of people know you, you know, they kind of, they look at the numbers, you mm -hmm. know, they look at like, um, whether that be on social media, whether that be the amount of money you make, or whether that be how many people's attention you have, even the podcast, I'm guilty of that. I'll look and see how many numbers we got. Which yeah. Is stupid. And so it's like, um, people, but people look to that to justify your podcast. You know, you could have a thousand people and you just see it as like, this is God's ministry where a lot of people go, Oh, he has a thousand, like a thousand followers or whatever, a thousand listeners. That means mean he's doing something good for the kingdom of God. Like I'll follow his podcast because of that. Mm -hmm. Or some people look at that and go, oh, that's too little. That probably means he's not doing enough for the kingdom of God. I'm not going to listen to that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people take it as like the amount of numbers or the the, the following your um, your reputation as far as a um, as as far as how known you are. 
where Jesus is literally like pointing out the most insignificant people mm -hmm. and saying, I will make you fishers of men, like leave behind your nets, leave behind all this stuff. And I'm going to make you a fisher of men. People didn't know the apostles before that. Mm -hmm. People didn't know who they were. The only reason they became known is because they were the founders of the church and they were literally all persecuted and martyred for their faith. They had nothing. Well, and at the end of the day, when Jesus, Jesus gives very specific instructions and he says, any man who's to follow me must first deny himself, mm. then pick up his cross, then follow me. It's, it's, Sync, it, it's chronological there's a, there's an order in doing things and we have so many people that think that they're following jesus that think that they're picking up their cross but they haven't even gotten denied themselves right mm -hmm. yet like deny yourself deny everything about yourself mm -hmm. and then pick up your cross and then follow jesus but we're still stuck in this area of of deny ourselves. we haven't even gotten to that place and I would just encourage anybody who is listening that be honest with where you're at. Mm. Jesus says, I'll meet you where you're at. We have to really focus on uh, denying ourselves and mm. crucifying our flesh every single day and, um, and allowing God to work on those areas of our life. But he's never going to be able to work on those areas of our life if we don't be honest about their existence. Mm. it's not about taking a Jesus pill and just going up to the altar and laying it all down. And then you just leave healed. Like that's part of it, but it's, it's a daily walk. You know, it says that we're crucified every single day. We're mm. slaughtered every single day, like sheep for his name. Mm. It comes through relationship and you have to be honest with God about where you're at and invite him into those areas and, and, and allow him to work on those things with you. Mm. And we also ended up on uh, talking about <clears throat> uh, the quick fix or looking for accolades or uh, being a, what was the word in the scripture? I forgot it already. Influencer. Influencer. <clears throat> and you also use the word servant. So, um, you know, the greatest thing in God's eyes, I think we said this off, off mic, uh, in God's eyes is to become a servant. So, I mean, we look at it just skewed. We, you know, we look at uh, acknowledgement and uh, support and confirmation from the world all the wrong places. Mm. So we just got to look up and just uh, keep realizing that if the greatest thing in God's eyes is to become a servant and we're out there serving, we're not going to get a lot of accolades. We're not going to uh, hit a, uh, a lot of people and, and say, my gosh, you know, you're the greatest, you know? So uh, we don't do it for man's um, uh, confirmation. We do it for God's confirmation. Mm. Amen. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I don't think either of us would be out here if we were doing it for like money or if we were doing it for anything. Point. Yeah, it wouldn't. Well, one, I mean, we don't make any money. <laughs> there's no fruits. Well, you said you got five bucks there one night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, but there's, there's no fruits in in the physical as far as like anything feeding the flesh. Mm, and mm -hmm. yeah, so I mean, it's not like. I hear a lot of people say this sometimes. It's like, I don't do this because it's fun. You know, like, I don't mm -hmm. go out and do this because it makes me, like, extremely happy or whatever. It's like the, the and what they're saying is not that there's no enjoyment in serving the Lord, not that there's no peace or purpose in serving the Lord, but what they're saying is, like, I'm not out here doing this because I want to get something out of it. It's like yeah. what we're doing is we're we're taking 
the gospel and we're spreading it to people, something that people hate. And we're showing them like, this is what Jesus wants for you is a relationship with you. Yeah. And people are so offended by that. And it's like, obviously, if we're offending people, people are going to be offended by us. They're going to hate us. And so it's not like we do this with the intent of like, people are going to love me. People are going to like, want to be my friend after this. It's like we we go into this knowing we're most likely going to get hated. We're most likely going to get attacked. We're most likely going to have these things happen to us. And that is the denying of yourself because there's nothing about us that wants us on our weekend nights to go out for four hours and preach to people who are just spitting at us and like throwing stuff on us. There's nothing about that that wants us to that wants us to do that. It's so easy to sit on our couch and be like, I'm just going to watch a Netflix movie or I'm just going to, you know, pray or I'm just going to read. It's like it's so easy to just have that normal Christian life, that casual Christian life that a lot of people preach, that a lot of people say, this is it. Yeah. You gave your life to Jesus. Nothing else. That's it. And so it's like, By yeah. grace, I am saved, Ephesians 2, and that you're called mm-hmm. <clears throat> 2, 8, and 9. But not, not about 10. But I love what you said about, uh, gosh, uh, so poignant. You know, if we're all honest, mm-hmm. we don't like necessarily all the things that we do for God. I mean, you know, we would rather be doing something else sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know I feel that way. I don't want to speak for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, contrast that to people sitting in church and a beautiful song set or worship service or whatever, and they're just going crazy and they just have this feeling of, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, this is the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And so far from the truth, I mean, uh, yes. We do worship God and we want to feel the Holy Spirit and the presence in church and on and on. But boy, sometimes out on the street or in the community store, or the food pantries or whatever, there are times when I just do not want to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I got to be honest, and I don't feel that same elation or that exuberance that I get in church with all the music going on and um, all these beautiful people around me. So that, that's a great point. Well, yeah, that's why the Bible says that we can't trust our feelings that we just can't go based off of how we feel because we're going to feel one way today and we're going to feel a completely other way tomorrow. If you made the decision, this is why it says it's a decision that you make to love someone because mm-hmm. you get into an argument with someone and in that moment you think, well, maybe I don't love you, you know, or maybe I don't feel the way that I did about you 10 minutes ago. And so now I don't want anything to do with you for this moment. At least I just kind of want to push you away. But tomorrow when I, forget about it or when I feel better about it we can come back and have this again it's the same thing with God we have to make the decision every single day to love Jesus unconditionally and sacrificially um, not based on our circumstances and willing to give up everything it's the same thing he calls us to have that sacrificial and that unconditional love that he has for us for him and for others and that's difficult Another great point, if we are the bride of Christ, it's a marriage, and mm. marriage is through thick and thin. So, yeah, exactly. There are times when I'm not going to even, may, I might not feel the love, you know, mm. either way. But uh, as long as I just keep realizing that th- this is the right relationship, and I, and I don't need to go, uh, to go out of this relationship, I think that's the point that we're making here, that we're not always going to feel like doing what God is asking us to do. But if we just respond and... Uh, like Cody said, pick up our cross daily and just, you know, deny ourselves what we feel like doing, how uh, Grant said. Um, mm. So that's th- that just, it is what it is. And, and I just love you uh, saying that. So, mm. Well, it's just, um, 
especially here in America, we, we live according to circumstances. Mm. We live according to how good is it going. Mm. And however good it is going is how good I am doing. Mm. But Jesus says it doesn't matter what your circumstances say. What it matters, what matters is what I have said and what I've done. Mm. And that doesn't ever change. Mm. So there's actually going to be more times than not when things don't feel good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like things don't feel good. Things don't feel right. Things don't make sense. Mm. But those are the times when your faith comes in, when your faith says, Jesus did this. Jesus told me to do this. And Jesus said that this is who we are and what we do. And Jesus also told me that these times were going to come. Mm -hmm. And and, and I need to stand firm in, in what I believe. I need to stand firm in the truth. And, you know, we have we have far too many. It's, it's really sad because especially in the church, we're constantly talking about how we want things to get better and we want a more peaceful world and we want this and we want that. That's not coming, man. Like, it's not coming. Like, better mm -hmm. circumstances are not coming anytime soon. Mm. It's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. Mm. It has to in order to fulfill scripture. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody that's living according to your circumstances, you're not going to run this race well. Mm. You're not going to make it. And if you do make it, you're going to make it by the skin of your teeth. Mm -hmm. And that's not, I mean, it's not what I want to be. I mean, you and I were just, we were sitting out there. We were talking about out there earlier. Um, what we're doing, we consider normal. Mm. This isn't radical. Mm. It's not, it's not radical Christianity, man. Mm. Like it's radical to the Western world. But I mean, you go over to Africa, you go over to China, you go over to Russia, you go over to these places where, you know, anywhere in Afghanistan mm -hmm. or, or, you know, uh, ISIS controlled territories, people are being slaughtered for mm. having a Bible app on their phone but they're still going out and they're doing the dang thing. Mm -hmm. The question that I really ask a lot of people is if that came to America, are you ready to withstand that? Mm. Are you ready to withstand somebody wanting to kill you and your family because of a Bible app on your phone? Mm. Are you still going to claim Jesus or are you going to look at Jesus and say, you failed me. You didn't live up to your, because you don't know the word and you thought Jesus was something else. Mm. Like, are you ready for times of trial and tribulation? Mm. Are you willing to do that? I look at myself a lot. I mean, you talk about it all the time. I'll never say that I'm ready for that because I don't ever want to put something on myself that I don't, that I don't know, mm -hmm. but by God's grace, you know, I, I, I believe that I will be when it's, when it's thrown my way, mm -hmm. but it only comes by having a constant relationship and not wanting to settle for circumstances, mm -hmm. not willing to waver from truth. You know, we say that a lot on the street, that love is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. And it's not a chemical reaction that happens in your brain. Mm. What love is, is it's something that focuses on the unseen, even when the scene contradicts it. Mm. And that's what we really need to start teaching is what needs to be taught in churches. We need to edify the body. We need to, when new believers come in, we really need to show them, what are you really signing up for? Mm. What are you really signing up for? Not you're not signing up for a bigger house or a better job or a finer honey or a more or a better stud or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're not signing up for a faster car, none of that. You're signing up to 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 lose all those things, mm -hmm. but to gain everything in him. You know? It's just crazy. Cause it's like what you were saying, you know, like people will be like, Oh, you're radical. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm a follower of Christ. You know, like this yeah. is there is no such thing as a radical Christian mm -hmm. in the Bible. You don't see these people 
I mean, Jesus talks about the lukewarm, but he talks about like. I was just thinking about that. I was, I was just thinking, myself, we're hot. <laughs> yeah, you know, he talks about the lukewarm. He talks about how there's the hot, there's the cold, and there's the lukewarm. Jesus literally says, be one or the other. Don't be in the middle. Yeah. He says, I'd rather you be completely cold, completely turned away from, turned off by me, than be in the middle. And so it's like, Jesus is literally saying, like, you're either the radical Christian that you're claiming these crazy people to be, yeah. or you're not. Yeah. Because there is no such thing as a radical Christian. You're either just a Christian, or you're not. And it's like people will be like, oh, like, they, you know, they'll, they'll see me and you get preaching, get all passionate about it, talking about all this stuff. And they're like, oh, maybe they're Pentecostal or, you know, maybe they're <laughs> maybe. <laughs> they'll, they'll look at us and be like, oh, they're probably just like a Pentecostal church. But it's like, no, we're just passionate about it because this is how you should be. Yeah. You know, like, have you really experienced like if you're not like if you're not, have you really experienced the grace and the love of God in your life? Yeah, because it's like the literally the least that we can do is share the gospel, and yet it's also the most that we can do. Amen. Or feel the passion of Christ. I mean, that's really what he mm -hmm. wants us to feel. He doesn't want us to feel comfortable or, <clears throat> you know, just in our own world. So, mm -hmm. so normally I, I I always ask if there's anything more you guys want to say, but you guys go on forever. So <clears throat> I'm just going to end it now and say, <laughs> <laughs> say thank you. I love you guys, and I'm sure they'll be back and tell us some more of their <clears throat> their antics and their all the stuff that they've been doing out there. And I, I just look forward to just, this is such a beautiful thing that, that uh, they are doing and uh, that anything that we can do to support them. I uh, like Tia, she wants to come out and she just wants to pray over them and mm. uh, you know pray with the people that come along. So anybody that wants to come along, I know I said this before, that they would welcome them you know, to come out there and just show a sign mm. of support. And, and such a, a, a great distinction. These are not two guys with a sign on the corner. They have a crowd of people that are, gathering and there are people there uh in our group that are, that are supporting them and praying for them and and they were even talking earlier i don't think we mentioned or if we did on air that uh this might even evolve into a park like yeah we do church. we we've we've spoke about it yesterday um because it, it's just wisdom wisdom was introduced to both of us that what we're doing and just going by the skin of our teeth by going by the fly of our shorts you know like it's not going to be sustainable. So we needed to come up with a schedule. So um, we're going to be taking Mondays and, and Saturdays as, as rest days and, and kind of days just to uh, either steward our, our relationships, uh, mine with my wife and, and Grant with, with, with his with the Lord and, um, and just take those as rest days. But other than that, we're going to be out on the streets uh, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, uh, Fridays and um, Sundays. Uh, usually from about seven to 10, six to mm -hmm. 10, right around there. Mm -hmm. um, and then the hope is, is that eventually this will turn into um, taking the church outside of the four walls and, mm -hmm. and holding a service, giving a word and, you know, um, having a, uh, a, uh, a praise team come along and, and, and have some music for, for some prayer time and, and just and praising the Lord. And uh, that that's going to be the goal for Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. We don't really have a, a central location found out yet. So until that time, we're going to be just going out and being preaching on Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, but more the merrier, all welcome. When there is no leader in this thing other than Jesus, Amen. there's no centerpiece in this thing other than Jesus. Um, that's what I've loved about teaming up with Grant is there's there's not it's not him leading me or me leading him. It's it's Jesus leading us both. So Amen. slide through. Don't be scared. Come be radical.
come be Pentecostal with us. <laughs> a couple of Mormons out there. All you guys need to do is get some white shirts and, and some ties, and I get a bicycle. I get a couple of bicycles. <laughs> well, uh, no, that's Mormons. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough. So we're good. We're out. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Constipated Christian Podcast. However you are tuning in, be sure to follow or subscribe, as well as leave a rating and review. If you are interested in learning more ways on how to live out your faith, you can visit our website at theconstipatedchristian.org. And if you'd like to leave Bud or one of our guests a comment, you can email it to theconstipatedchristian at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.